Welcome to the Teen Spirit Podcast presented by the Skyline Writing Center. I'm Jeff Austin, the Writing Center's director, and I'm spending time this week talking with the six finalists for the 2021 Skyline Writing Prize. We'll learn more about them, their inspiration, their writing process, and they'll find out where they finished in this year's competition. Each of our winners will receive a cash prize to celebrate their work and support their future ambitions. All the work you hear throughout this series will be available in this year's issue of Teen Spirit, Skyline's literary magazine. This year's issue will be digital only because of the continuing COVID-19 pandemic. You can see it at skylinewritingcenter.org. This year's issue is full of student stories, poems, art, photography, videos, playlists, and more around the theme of renovations. Today's guest is Ren Gray-Wright our second place finisher in the 2021 Skyline Writing Prize competition. Ren Gray Wright, a Skyline and Community High School senior, is probably the most multi-talented student I've met in 16 years of teaching. From writing to photography to art, Ren produces resonant work that commands and demands our attention. Indeed, Ren reminds readers that there's beauty, power, and necessity in being direct. Through a combination of writerly instinct and finely honed craft, Ren delivers readers gut punches, warm embraces, distant memories, and vivid presence. We're so lucky to feature their work in our literary magazine this year, and we can't wait to talk to them today. Welcome, Ren. Thank you. Uh, so I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, like I said, you've got uh, you've got enough talent for ten people in one person. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your creative process. How do you get from an idea in your head to a product um, like? the poems that you produced in Teen Spirit this year. Right. Um, I think <coughs> poetry, for the most part, is a, you know, it's a way of coping for me. So a lot of my ideas come from my own experiences, but they also come from the kind of things that I'm interested in. Um, like I tend to incorporate my interests in my poetry often. Um, and sometimes it's kind of funny because, you know, no one ever thinks that you're writing poetry about dark souls or Minecraft, you know, cause it's like, Ooh, it's so interesting and deep, but this is about Minecraft or whatever. <laughs> um, but I think some, quite emotional insights or thoughts can come out of things that you're interested in. And specifically, I find that things that I'm interested in produce very nuanced thoughts and connections to things that I already, you know, am familiar with or my own emotions. Uh, I think you just created a, a Twitch stream here where you are do, playing Minecraft and writing poetry at the same time, right? I think you've, uh, think you've got your angle. Uh, but I, I really, uh, I really like this idea of, um, you know, you're writing about things that you're passionate about because, 
you know, I think uh, people uh, think that poetry is usually like this abstract thing that's about like birds or like yeah. urns, uh, you know, uh, going way back. But uh, one of the things that I'm struck by with uh, some of your poetry anyway, is that, um, yes, it's an emotional coping um, process, but also, you know, you, uh, I think, are very adept at using poetry as advocacy uh, for things that you care about and believe in. And, um, you know, I think that takes a lot of skill and uh, a lot of hard work, but um, I find that to be an interesting angle on um, your writing. And uh, I think it's really cool. Yeah, um, I, I guess I really do tend to put my own kind of thoughts into my writing and things that I believe in. Um, when I write, I kind of go off of this one idea that I like have in my head, um, and I just kind of start writing. Um, I think that's something that I have in common with a lot of the podcasts I've already listened to is that, you know, we just kind of have an idea and then we start writing um, and just keep going. Um, but I think something that uh, most English teachers wouldn't agree with or like, I don't know, maybe not everyone's writing process is the same as this, is I tend to edit throughout um my writing process and uh, I'll even like come back to a poem and edit it like a month or two later um, because I have new ideas about it. I mean, work is always in process, right? I, I, I like this idea that you're, you're coming back to work and um, you know, I, I think you're making an important point here that is really useful for us to remember as we're going through writing processes. Like we typically, many people typically encounter the writing process in school, right? That's where you, yeah. that's where you do it. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I just said the writing process and it makes it sound really singular, but really there are as many writing processes as there are people. Um, and so your writing process works for you and your context it might work for somebody else. Um, but it definitely works for you. And you know, that's kind of what matters, right? is that it works yeah. <laughs> works for you in your context. And in your case, it really works for you, because uh, here you are. Uh, so your work uh, is uh, in a lot of spaces in teen spirit this year. Um, so, uh, you know, I wish we could have like 40 minutes just for you to read it all. But, uh, you know, we're going <laughs> to just focus on one piece today. Um, right. So what piece did you choose for our, uh, our podcast here? Um, I decided to um, read one of my poems entitled My Field. All right. Uh, so where did this piece, uh, you know, we, we talked about your process. We talked about where your ideas come from. Um, you know, what was the genesis of this piece? What, where, what's the origin story here? Well, really, this poem is kind of a summary of my childhood, I guess. Um, growing up as a neurodivergent person who always kind of felt isolated from my peers, um, 
you know, socially. Um, so this is kind of like a mix of both positive and negative aspects of my childhood. Um, I guess, you know, different fields um, that I'm talking about um, from different memories, um, but they kind of come together in a way. All right. Uh, that's quite an origin story. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, before you start, one of the things I also really like about your poetry, in addition to the advocacy that you do, is, you know, writing is a form not only of coping, but I think also of resistance sometimes. And yeah. uh, I read a lot of that in your work too. Like there, there is that, there is that voice of, uh, there is that voice of resistance and pushing back. Uh, I don't think typically we think about writing Again, particularly poetry may be in that vein, but it really does it really does happen that way. So I'll turn the floor over to you. Uh, read your piece to us because it's always great to hear writers reading their work. So I'll give yeah, you Yeah, um before I start, yeah. I just wanted to say, yeah, I definitely do kind of incorporate resistance. I guess in general I'm a very resistant person. Even like in this poem when I was a kid, I was I got in trouble for a lot of crazy stuff um, that normal kids don't really get into. Um, like, for example, my mom gave me a pocket knife that I carried around. I got in trouble for that eventually, um, but that's mentioned in this poem. But anyways, um, this is my field. My dad always told me to imagine a boundless field, a meadow long and wild. There's a big old tree and a honeybee, a gentle cow with their child. I was lying in the softest grasses and whispering to the flowers until I woke up. I sat in the middle of the playground field, storm eyes and stony face. They cut down the tree with beautiful roots. Now I sat in empty space. Some moments felt like a head-on collision and a bloody nose. So I'd retreat to the girls' bathroom where singing echoes and time slows. A curious cat startled by a scream was just another friend lost to calamity. It was easy to feel like an outsider in a battleground of conformity. I was the fifth grade slut with the pocket knife, but no one didn't fear me. Thank you. Uh... It, it, it's really interesting hearing you uh, read that and sort of vocalize it. Um, you know, the, the, I think the image that is maybe most resonant with me uh, is the idea of the, you know, the, the idea of the bathroom and retreating there. And like, I think, you know, at some level, like that's an experience many of us have had. Um, yeah. And, and that idea of like, I'm thinking about my elementary school bathroom now it was cavernous and like like you yeah said, for sure yeah, it's like, um I think I often like I've always had kind of sensory issues mm -hmm. but I would get overwhelmed by just like the general playground and all the kids running around and screaming um as well as just my own thoughts so yeah I mean we don't you know it what <laughs> the other thing that this points out is I think how little we've taken into account uh, about those kinds of things in schools. Like where do kids yeah. with sensory issues go? 
where do you go if you just want to be alone for a while or right. to have some quiet um, time? Those spaces aren't really built into the like ecosystem or the infrastructure. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's really interesting that the bathroom becomes like the catch all for these things. Yeah. Yeah. I was that kid that wanted to stay inside and read. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was me in fifth or sixth grade, I think too, you know, there, there were days where it's just like, Oh, like the book carts here, I'm here, <laughs> you know, we could, uh, I could, yeah. I could skip recess. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, again, I think uh, everything we've talked about with your writing really comes through in that poem. It's a it's a great choice. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to you for sharing it. Uh, so uh, I get the distinct honor of telling you where you've uh, you finished in this year's competition. And I have the good news that you finished in second place this year, which is super wow. exciting. Um and I am uh, so excited to tell you that you're going to get a certificate. You're going to get a cash prize. And the best thing of all is we got to talk about writing a little bit today and you got to share your work. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, you, like I said in your intro, are incredibly uh, multi-talented. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm uh, both admirable and envy. You know, I both admire it and envy it. Because I'm like, ah, I wish I could have a little bit of uh, of what you have in terms of writing and art and all the things that you do. So uh, your work is appreciated, and so are you. Uh, thank you for sharing with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. listening to the Teen Spirit Renovations podcast and for supporting all of these incredible writers. The Skyline Writing Center is proud to have given over $2,500 in celebration and support of our Skyline writers, and we look forward to continuing our tradition next year and beyond. This issue is the second produced during the pandemic, and I want to thank all of the amazing students at Skyline for continuing to support this endeavor with their work, and to our student editorial board for sticking together and sticking with the mess to put together another amazing edition of Teen Spirit. Remember to visit SkylineWritingCenter.org to check out the digital edition of Teen Spirit, our literary magazine featuring our writing prize winners and many of their classmates. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for more information. I'm Jeff Austin for the Skyline Writing Center.